the book of Revelation. Revelation chapter 12. Let us listen to God's word. And there appeared a great wonder in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet, and upon her head a crown of twelve stars. And she, being with child, cried, travailing in birth and pain to be delivered. And there appeared an, another wonder in heaven, and behold, a great red dragon, having seven heads and ten horns, and seven crowns upon his heads. And his tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven, and did cast them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman which was ready to be delivered, for to devour her child as soon as it was born. And she brought forth a man-child who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron. And her child was caught up unto God and to his throne. And the woman fled into the wilderness where she hath a place prepared of God, that they should feed her there a thousand two hundred and threescore days. And there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought and his angels, and prevailed not, neither was their place found any more in heaven. And the great red dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil, and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world, he was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now is come salvation and strength in the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they loved not their lives unto the death. I'm focusing particularly on the uh, statement that the great red dragon was desiring to devour the child that came forth from the woman that was clothed with the sun and that he sought to, to, uh, to kill. The, the history is obviously the history of the Lord Jesus Christ. And when the woman, which obviously be Mary factually, but um, spiritually and, and uh, metaphorically it's referring to the church, that the church, as it were, was pregnant with the prophecy of Christ uh, throughout the 4,000 years before he came. And then he came literally through a woman, but he came through the line of Adam and Abraham and David were told that the child was to rule all nations with a rod of iron and he was caught up unto God which would have been obviously a reference to his ascension so it's not strict chronology in this passage because the, the fall of the devil and his angels occurred before that and it occurs after this in Revelation what I'm focusing on this afternoon is the devil could not stop Christ. And of course, uh, the uh, historical 
record in particular as found in Revelation 12 is found in Matthew chapter 2. Even though Luke has most details about the birth of Jesus in his uh, early life, if you will, Matthew gives us the specifics about the wise men and Herod's murderous intent. I don't know why Luke left that out. Obviously, the details are important both in Matthew and in Luke. But that's the the genius of having four Gospels, four different accounts that piece together, together like a puzzle the life of the Lord Jesus. Well, in Matthew chapter 2, remember that God used a special star to uh, guide these wise men from whether it be Iraq or Iran or even further east than that, India. We're not sure. But it was a special star. We don't believe it was a comet. We don't believe it was the three planets that seemed to be in line with each other around that time of year. And you can see that if you study astronomy books. Uh, we, we believe it was a created, a special created star that God gave the wise men that occurred in the east and led them west. And uh, it must not have been a very bright star or a, or a, a very uh, close, well, should I say a very hot star. At least the Lord would have had to prevent them from being incinerated. But it was a star particularly for its light. And uh, it's interesting, I don't know if this is true, maybe they were warmed by it too as they traveled, especially at night. But uh, I don't know that. One day we may be able to interview wise men. It's going to take us a long time to get to know even the characters in the Bible. And I'll look, I'm looking forward to sitting down with them and, and uh, asking a lot of questions. That will be a privilege, won't it? But we know that as the wise men came, there were probably more than three. And they mean it doesn't say they were kings and it doesn't say there were three. So we three kings of Orientar is just a, 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 a fabrication of, of, of man. We can certainly say we, the Magi of Orientar, um, and that's who came into Jerusalem. It was natural. They weren't told. And obviously they must not have have remembered or recently studied Micah chapter 5 or somewhere in Micah if, if they had a scroll that the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem. Many of the details were missing. They just knew that a king had been born and he was born king, we're told. Where is he that is born king? Not that he'll become king. That's the amazing thing. Jesus was born king. He was born to live. He was born to die. He was born to save. And so these wise men inquired in Jerusalem about where this king was born. And they scrambled to study the scriptures and they concluded that the only place in the Old Testament that tells us about the nativity, the birthplace of the Messiah, 
is in Micah, that so-called minor prophet. Thou Bethlehem Ephrathah, though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall he come forth unto me, who is to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth have been from of old, from everlasting. And Herod then encouraged them to continue five miles or six miles further west to uh, see the king born, the man born king of the Jews, and to bring him word, and he would go and, and worship him as well. And he was a great liar, wasn't he? Herod the Great was uh, a wicked man. Uh, we're told by historians that he had three of his sons murdered. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, that he also had his mother put to death. Uh, someone said it would, be, it would have been safer to be Herod's pig than Herod's son. And uh, he indeed was, was a wicked man. And the star then appeared as they left the lights, if you were, of Jerusalem. And then they rejoiced with exceeding great joy, we're told, that the, the star continued to guide them. And it guided them right over the house where Jesus lay. We're not sure whether this was right after Jesus' birth, like within days or weeks, or if it was a year or two later. They'd already gone back to Nazareth, and no, they hadn't. They hadn't. They may have gone to Nazareth because that's where um, Joseph and Mary were. But it, it may be that Jesus that they never left Bethlehem, but they just shifted to a house um, and that's where they were as we see here in Matthew chapter 2 and we find that the wise men fell down and worshipped Jesus he didn't, they did not worship Joseph or Mary and they didn't, they didn't spare the expense did they gold, frankincense and myrrh and perhaps many other gifts were showered upon the Lord Jesus but how providential Joseph and Mary were not very wealthy. I think we could agree that they were poor. And yet, they needed this kind of expense to make that journey for probably over a year. I think the way the record goes, that Herod dies about two years after this account. So they needed to sojourn in Egypt for quite a while. And even though there may have been a lot of Jews living in northern Egypt, it still would have been costly for them to do so. And so gold was a helpful treasure for them to use. But the Bible tells us that when, when the wise men received a dream to, to bypass Jerusalem and Herod, and they did so in obedience to God, that Herod realized that he was tricked, that he was deceived. And uh, he didn't need that information, right? It was not a sin of the wise men to not report back to Herod that they had found the king. Just like in the days of the Holocaust, the people hid whether they were hiding Jews in their homes or cellars. And so Herod is furious and he sends his henchmen to slay all the children two years old and younger. That's why sometimes we wonder if they had returned to Nazareth for a while because he said two years because the wise men had said that 
that they seem to see the star or receive the information about the king being born uh, w- within the last two years. So there's a there's conjecture whether they had stayed in Bethlehem and Jesus was just a month or so old, or that they had returned to Nazareth and within two years had visited Bethlehem again. Whether there may have been a another um, registration or whether they were visiting friends that they had made in Bethlehem in the birth of Christ. Maybe they were visiting the shepherds. Uh, We don't know. But we do know that Herod had uh, little boys murdered between the the ages two, two and younger. There may have been 10, 20, 30, maybe not a whole lot, but still, they were the first martyrs for our Lord Jesus Christ. They were killed for Christ's sake. They were killed because of the Savior. Their life was taken and Jesus' life was spared. Herod figured that one of those infants had to be Jesus, had to be the King of the Jews. And I don't ever I don't know if he ever understood that in his soul before he, he died. And of course we all believe that God can save murderers. But it doesn't seem like Herod was one of those that was converted. And, and he knows now that he was unsuccessful in murdering the Messiah, the King of the Jews. He no longer bears a crown. And so we're told that Jesus was spared. The devil could not stop Christ. And that's my thought for this afternoon. Did you know that the first gospel message was preached at the devil who as a relatively young snake used the serpent to beguile Eve to fell Adam and the whole human race. God told him that the seed of the woman would crush his head one day with a fatal blow. Touche, we might say. The devil was thinking he was getting back at God when he would use a woman to trigger a fallen world. But God got the the last laugh. He would use a woman to bear a son to save the world. Isn't that like the Lord? The devil used a woman and the Lord said, you think that you're wiser than the maker of heaven and earth? The seed of the woman will crush your head. I'm going to use a woman. And so Mary was used as it were in place of Eve. But I think, wouldn't you believe that the day came when Mary met Eve, that they hugged each other and there were no um, bad feelings between them? For 4,000 years, he would be looking for the woman and her child. You know, there's, there's so much that we don't know about this, but the devil knew in the Garden of Eden that God was going to use a woman. I don't know if he surmised that it would be a virgin because he said the seed of the woman, but he knew there was going to be a woman. I don't know if he forgot. All that is certainly uh, for conjecture. But the Bible does tell him that he he grew up into a, into a great red dragon. And a lot, of, a lot of people like the folklore of dragons, but a dragon is a, is a symbol, is a metaphor for the devil. A great red dragon, we're told in Revelation 12. Today, 
they would probably call it a monster or a dinosaur. You know, the word dinosaur was not invented until about the year somewhere in the 1800s. And do you know who the last name of the person was that discovered or that, that invented uh, the word dinosaur? Owen. Owen. Uh, that's no coincidence. If we're a relative, I don't know about it. I would like to have his, his fertile mind, though. But the devil would use the great red dragon Herod to uh, seek to slay any children that may have been the, uh, the Lord Jesus Christ. But God didn't hide anything from the devil. He wasn't, he wasn't afraid that the devil was going to discover some clues and then destroy his son. So the devil would have been able to read everything that you and I read in the Old Testament. He would read that the Messiah would come from the seed of the woman. He would read that he would be the scepter from the line of Judah. He would read that he would be from Abraham. He would read that he would be a son of David. He would read that he would be born in, in Bethlehem. He would read that he would be called a Nazarene. Um, or at least that he would surmise that Jesus would come from a very poor setting or come at a time when the Jews were at a low ebb. So the clues were given. They were not hidden. That Jesus even was called the Star of Jacob, Numbers 24. I don't know if it was a coincidence that, that the star led the wise men and Jesus is called the Star of Jacob and the Son of Righteousness in Malachi. But many believe that it's just a coincidence that a star came to the wise men and Jesus is called the star of Jacob. But maybe it isn't a coincidence. And also that he would be brought out of Egypt, Hosea chapter 11, that he would be in the vicinity of Galilee, where great light has occurred to the Galileans. And even the crucifixion uh, could be inferred from Psalm 22 when Jesus said, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? The descriptions of a crucified person and the fact that crucifixion was hanging on a tree was a cursed death, we're told in the book of Deuteronomy. So, the first thing is, the devil could not stop Christ from coming. The devil could not stop Christ from coming. And that was his birth. And uh, he certainly was cued in by the wise men. And again, we wonder, did the devil and Herod simultaneously realize it at that moment in time? And the devil certainly stirred up Herod's heart to murder the Messiah. Again, I don't, I don't know what was going on in the devil's mind and how much gelled in his mind. But certainly at that point, he understood that the king of the Jews had been born. And that the prophecy that was preached at him in the Garden of Eden had now been fulfilled, or at least was becoming fulfilled. And he, the last thing he wanted to see was the, the foot of the King of the Jews that was going to crush his head. He could not stop Christ from coming. And the momentum just continued to gather. Secondly, he could not stop Christ from living. Thirty years. 
wouldn't we wouldn't we guess that the devil knew who the Messiah was? Because Joseph and Mary left very clearly. The darkness is not an impediment to the devil. And the devil would certainly be cued in, try to cue in on, on some of these some of these facts. So he understood that the Messiah was born of Joseph and Mary. And uh, well, he was born of Mary, but he but the Joseph and Mary were his parents. And here was this infant, sinless, as an infant, as a child, as a youth, as a man. And again, we're not given any information. Was the devil tempting Jesus as a child and as a youth and as a young man? We know he was when he inaugurated his ministry for forty days. He was tempted of the devil. How much did the devil know? Again, we don't understand. But Jesus was out in the open as a infant, as a child, as a laborer, as a parishioner at the synagogue, as a visitor at the feasts, that he was there asking and answering questions, that he was a student of God's Word. And we would we would see in the life of Jesus the assassin, the plot of assassination time after time after time, and the devil could not stop him from earning a righteousness on our account. He could not stop Jesus from living. He couldn't touch him in Nazareth. He couldn't touch him in Jerusalem until his time, until his hour had come. Thirdly. The devil could not stop Jesus from from coming, from living, and thirdly, from dying. Now, we could see that early on he wanted him to die. Jesus was, the devil attempted to kill Christ when he was born. But perhaps we again see that the devil was starting to understand that death was actually a leverage for the king of glory, for the king of salvation. Because we're assuming that the devil is seeking to kill Jesus prematurely. Remember the, the, the temptations, three of them. Uh, first of all, bypass death. Um, bow down to me and, uh, and, and uh, you'll have all the kingdoms of the world. Secondly, commit suicide. Cast thyself down, and the angels and the devil knows full well. He saw. I'm sure that he instigated the, the uh, suicide of many people before the time that he sought to, to to cause Jesus to commit suicide. Many times, no doubt, the devil has has led people to jump off cliffs and to take their lives in many ways. He's a, he's a destroyer. It's like a man that worked at the Topps grocery store in Springville was uh, doing dirty things at work. He was a married man. He was, he was uh, um, pa- making passes at, at girls in, in the store. And they warned him a few times and finally they fired him. And he went out and jumped off the cliff uh, at the bridge where you all cross often. And uh, just like Judas, that as he fell, he was broken up. And then, of course, 
the devil was essentially saying to Jesus, go ahead and sin, and then, of course, you will die, and you'll fail. He was seeking Jesus to manipulate God's will when he said, turn the stone into bread. So the devil uh, now would actually try to stop Jesus from dying, at least the, de- the death of, of the Savior, by seeking to have him bypass the cross, to commit suicide rather than die, an atoning death and of course the sin before he would end up like Adam and the rest of the human race dying he will die Jesus said Satan you have no power he said essentially I have power to take my life and I have power to I have power to lay down my life and I have power to take it up again death would become the actual leverage that Jesus would use to save sinners and destroy, render ineffective the the uh, uh, intimidation and the the, uh, the the terrorization of the devil hang death over our heads. And if you're not a Christian today and you're listening, death is a terrorization. It should be because we're just if we're lost, we're a heartbeat away from staring. The God of the universe in the face. I heard, read what someone said today or, or last week. He said that people don't dare to stare at the sun lest they're blinded, and yet they think they would dare at at staring in the face of the sun's creator. It just kind of puts things in perspective, doesn't it? People would saunter in the, in the, in, into the presence of the sun, S-U-N. And many times people are burned and uh, blinded by this sun, which is just a creation. What do they think they're going to feel when they walk into the presence of the sun's creator? The Bible says our God is a consuming fire. And Jesus spoke more about hell than anyone else. devil could not stop Jesus from dying for our sins. He said, he said, it is finished. Palestine. Well, Jesus stayed in the grave and the disciples thought he was defeated. And I don't know if the devil deceived himself to think that maybe after all, Jesus was defeated. What he should have done or at least what should have been on the minds of the Jews and the the soldiers was, we need to guard the tomb, not to guard the disciples from going in and stealing him. We need to guard the tomb so that the occupant won't get out. (laughs) But that's not what was the case. Did they not believe that God could raise the dead? Had they not read scriptures that, that... that Elisha had risen and had raised a dead person? Did they not read that Elijah and Enoch were taken to heaven without dying? They should have been watching to prevent the occupant of the tomb from escaping rather than the disciples from stealing. Jesus walked right past the soldiers, we would guess, as it say, but he, he, just, he didn't need the the door opened, did he? 
Was he knocking on the door and calling for an angel? The Bible tells us that he didn't knock when he appeared in the upper room to his disciples. And we know that saying is true that the rock, the stone was rolled away to let us in, not to let him out. Jesus didn't need to knock, nor did he need a doorknob. Jesus came forth in his glorified, resurrected body. In three days, he knew. The devil knew the scripture. Three days and three nights. Jesus had said it openly. What did Jesus say? I spoke to you openly. Don't you think the devil was listening to many of his sermons? Don't you think he had special um, demons that were trying to report back what Jesus was saying? Destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it up again. He should have had an army of demons outside that temple. Would it have made any difference? Maybe he did. We don't see the invisible. But he could not stop Jesus from dying. I have power to lay it down and I have power to take it up again. Go ahead and destroy this temple. I'm going to raise it up again. Go ahead and try to stop me. Jesus cannot be stopped. Jesus is all-powerful. The devil could not stop Jesus from coming. The devil could not stop Jesus from living. The devil could not stop Jesus from dying. The devil could not stop Jesus from rising. The devil could not stop Jesus from leaving. From ascending. We just sang Psalm 24. Lift up your gates. Lift up your gate. Lift up your doors. Excuse me. Lift up your heads, O ye gates. And be ye lift up, ye everlasting doors. And the King of glory shall come in. The devil could not stop him. We're told in that text in Revelation 12, he was caught up unto God. It, it, go, it bypasses his life because it says that the dragon sought to devour the child that came from the woman. But then it says that the child was... So it leaves out his life. We're, we're told a lot of information about his life, by the way. But this is what Revelation's about. It's apocalyptic literature. It's not necessarily chronological. Much of Revelation is in cycles. The same is being repeated. The devil comes on the scene and wreaks havoc, but Jesus gets the victory. The devil comes on the scene and wreaks havoc. Jesus gets the victory. And who has the last two chapters of the Bible? The devil? And I saw a new heavens and a new earth. And what are the last words of the Bible? The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Not be terrorized by the devil. What does Jesus say? Fear not him that can kill the body, and after that he has no more that he can do. But fear him who after destroying the body has power killing the body has power to destroy both body and soul into Gehenna into hell the Bible tells us about Ascension Thursday 1 Peter 3 verse 22 far above all principalities and powers 1 Peter 3 says who has gone into heaven and I love Hebrews 4.14 we have a great high priest that is passed into or passed 
through the heavens. The word to go through has the idea of you're passing obstacles. You're passing things that are in the way, as it were. It's used, for instance, in Luke 4, when Jesus was surrounded by people trying to kill Him, to, to accost Him and kill Him. It says, passing through the midst of them, He went His way. <laughs> I love those. They're all seeking to grab Him. And somehow, you know, you see this in films of people just, where do you go? Or a hundred people jump on somebody and, and they're gone. Or you see somebody fumbling a football and the pile up and somebody over here is running away with it. Well, they couldn't stop him. I mean, just he didn't always use miracles or his divine attributes. He just simply used his feet and his and his mind to escape. But it's used in James or sorry, John chapter four. I must go through. I must pass through Samaria. I'm going to reach sinners. I'm going to go right through the midst of them and seek to reach them. Well, it says. We have a great high priest that has passed into the heavens. So who was in his way when he was leaving earth and ascending to heaven? All the demons and their devil. They couldn't stop him from coming. They couldn't stop him from living. They couldn't stop him from dying, from rising. They could not stop him from leaving. Though they might have put obstacles in his way, the Lord Jesus, we're told, ascended up in the clouds and went straight to heaven. It may be closer than we think, nearer than we think, or it's just simply a statement about His omnipotence. It may be farther than we think, and yet He could say, Today shalt thou be with me in paradise. Isn't that amazing? How long does it take one of our rockets to get to Pluto? Has it gotten there yet? Has it gotten what's the nearest planet that one of our um, toys has gotten there? Mars and how long did it take them? Whether it be a satellite, it takes years, years and years and Jesus could be there in a moment. I can't help think about Dr. Paisley years ago when they never told the, the uh, parliamentarians in Strasbourg, France, that the Pope was going to speak. That was an unprecedented. And uh, they were supposed to be notified so they could debate whether or not the invited speaker would be allowed. But they knew that Dr. Paisley was going to debate it, and so they kept it hush, hush. They, they said, we're inviting the Pope, and they did not allow for debate. So Dr. Paisley knew that he could now debate while the Pope was speaking because they didn't give him the possibility of verbalizing it beforehand. So he had all these placards put in his coat pockets. And when he got to the stairway and his seat was in the balcony, there were all kinds of people lined up to stop him from coming. And he just said, I just I just put my two parts of the coat together and he said, I put my head down and I just barreled through and he made it up to his seat and he gave the Pope about seven or eight words just like Thomas Cranmer and he said the Pope is an antichrist and he said he knew he had he knew they were going to be pulled down by the parliamentarians near him so he, 
he armed himself with about ten of these placards, and every time one was pulled out, he pulled another one out. But that was the day that he was injured. One of the Habsburgs punched him in the back and the liver, and he had an injury for the rest of his life. But no one could stop him from getting him getting to his seat. Nobody could stop Jesus from getting to his seat. The Bible says he ascended to heaven. The gates were were thrown wide open. And the Bible says he sat down on the right hand of God. And of course you know what the last point is. The devil cannot stop Jesus from coming again. Actually, I have one more before that that I forgot about. The devil cannot stop Jesus from saving. He was born to live and born to die and born to save. But the Bible says in Matthew one twenty one, Thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he himself shall save his people from their sins. Notice it's personal. He himself. It's assuring will save and it's specific his people from their sins personally assuredly and specifically he will save sinners and so what would we expect in the life maybe, let's not even say in the life in in pref, pref, uh, pre, before the life of Christ what would we expect for 4,000 years before the coming of Christ salvation Saving sinners, right? People ask, I know there's a debate, did Adam and Eve get saved? My answer is resoundingly, yes. For whom did God slay those animals? As a picture of the atoning work of Christ. Adam and Eve. And of course, the fact that Adam named his wife Eve, the mother of all living. And that they built an altar. They taught Abel, certainly Cain as well, to offer sacrifices is a picture of God being needing it to be atoned. So, the Lord was saving people before, we might say on credit. How could He save people before when Jesus had not yet died? God's promises cannot be broken. God was so confident. Why do you use a credit card? Well, I think we're trying to be confident in the fact that we're, we're uh, Bible believers and we tell the truth and we pay our bills sooner or later. But would it be a, would it be a surprise that during the life of Jesus He was saving sinners like Matthew who arose and followed Him, like Zacchaeus who proved the sincerity of His faith by saying that He would repay and more people that he had he had wronged over and over again Jesus was saying saving Jews and Gentiles and was it a surprise that Jesus would save on the cross after the cross after his ascension while he's waiting to come back again you and I are we not trophies of, of God's grace the devil could not stop Jesus from saving you and me Oh, we think of the times if we were older when we got saved, when we could have died in car accidents or, or died in other risky situations. I remember as a drunken youth being at a, a, a dam that was probably about 40 feet 
drop and there was there was a flat area as the stream was going over the dam and 40 feet down and it was slippery and we're inebriated and we're walking across this and we had we were a foot a foot from this way we're off and 40 feet down to our death and remember going head on toward a person near uh, the uh, Alexandria, New York up in the Thousand Islands we were traveling up and I fell asleep and I remember waking up in the other lane and the vehicle was coming no people die for less yet the Lord would not let me go to hell because I was included in the number he would not let you go to hell because you were included in the number are you included are you proving that you're included in the number and the devil finally could not stop Jesus from returning. The Bible says that the devil and his angels were cast down from heaven to the earth, which tells us that they have no sway, no liberty in heaven anymore. They were literally thrown down to the earth. This is used in the last chapter. Whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast, thrown, like a ball's thrown into the, the lake of fire. Jesus said, I am coming again. A little while and you will see me. The Lord Himself will come down from heaven with a shout. Notice how emphatic it is. With a shout. Literally the word of a command. The authorized says the shout. The word of a command. With the voice of an archangel with a trumpet of God. How emphatic is that? How much fanfare is going to accompany the returning of the Lord Jesus. He'll come with all His Father's angels in, in flaming fire taking vengeance on His enemies. Oh, the Lord Jesus cannot be stopped. The devil cannot stop Jesus Christ. And He cannot stop us until our time is up. If you're a believer... Like Dr. Ian Paisley used to say, a, a believer is, is uh, what was the word he used, was invincible until God is through with him. That's exactly right. That doesn't mean that he deifies us. It's just saying nobody can touch us until God gives them permission. And even if he, they do touch us, the Bible says they touch the apple of his eye. What a Savior we have. What a Savior we have. You know, it's interesting as you come to the last chapter of the Bible. The Bible says that the camp of the saints is surrounded by the devil and fire shall fall from heaven. And yet people ask, well, if that's how the world is ended, how does that, how does that parallel 1 Thessalonians 4 that Jesus shall descend? And then destroy the world. Well, you put them together, that Jesus will come in the air and bring His saints up to Him for that war tribunal or for that war meeting. And then fire shall indeed fall from heaven and destroy His people. The devil could not stop Christ. And he cannot stop Christ's elect from coming to Him for salvation. All that the Father gives me shall come to me and him that cometh to me I will in no way cast out. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. 
and I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. So you and I can look the devil in his face. The Bible tells us do not turn your back on the devil. What does it say? What's the Scripture say? Don't fear him. Beware of him. But face him. What's it say about being steadfast about the devil? Stand. Be sober. Be vigilant. But the Bible speaks of us being able to face the devil with the armor of God. No back piece. So that we might quench all the fiery darts of the world. Stand fast against the devil, Peter says. Not to be afraid of him. All he can do is kill the body. He cannot kill the soul. He knows his time is short. I pray that we would have that kind of concern to redeem the little time that we have. Our time is short. His time is short. He's seeking to destroy souls. How much should we realize our time is short? Maybe God uses us to see souls saved and delivered from Satan. Oh Lord, thank you for the gospel of our Savior. Thank you, Lord, that you tell us all that is necessary for us to know. You didn't keep back that we have an arch enemy of the soul. And we pray that we might use the Word of God as you did, Jesus, to see him flee. You said to resist the devil steadfast in the faith. Face him. And use thy Word. And use the faith you've given us in you. Lord, deliver us from the temptations of the devil. We pray this year that we would more be, be more uh, alert, more concerned, more holy, more spiritual. O oh Lord Jesus, may we increase in favor with Thee and favor with men. Let us win souls this year. Oh, that may 2023 be a year of the conversion of sinners in western New York. Even, Lord, in our, our little surrounding area, You're able to save sinners. We've met many of them, Lord. May we meet more. And may we point them to You. Use the, the singing of the Gospel last month. Use, Lord, the, the interactions that we have with people. We pray that we might live with that, this kind of confidence in the Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Thank You that we are, that we are living in the victory. We thank you. We know the end. You have promised that the devil and his and his angels will be cast into the lake which burns with fire and brimstone. Oh, please let us see souls snatched from his grasp. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are the victor. Victory is yours. We praise thee in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening.